Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Thank you for being with us today. You are listening to An Artist Speaks, presented by Contemporary Art Gallery Online. Contemporary Art Gallery Online represents tomorrow's art giants today. Come visit us at ContemporaryArtGalleryOnline.com and there you can view and purchase great works of contemporary art, check out our monthly art competition and exhibitions, our blog and newsletter, view videos of our artist work, and listen to artist interviews from this show. Today, our guest is Zena Zinchik. Zena is a photographer based in New Jersey. In addition to her lifestyle and portrait work, she has a prolific art practice that uses themes of serenity and wilderness to document nature. Sentimental and sensitive, she has the eye of an impressionist artist and the focus of a nature photographer. Conscientious color palettes underline the narrative behind each of Zinchik's landscapes, both urban and natural, while her studio work monumentalizes details with a scientific precision. Her work offers the viewer an intimate access to her subjects, as well as the time and space in which they exist. Well, good morning, Zena, and welcome to An Artist Speaks. Good morning, Mike. Thank you so much for having me. Well, we're excited to have you on the show today, and Let's start off this morning by having you tell the audience just a little bit more about yourself. Okay. As you mentioned, I live right now in New Jersey, but I came here from from Odessa, Ukraine, and I never learned art. I never studied art, but I was exposed uh, to art from my childhood. My mom is a hobbyist painter. We have all, all those albums at home. And I was always interested in looking into art, but I never could paint. And the pretty much late in my life, my husband gave me the camera, and I started taking pictures, and suddenly my pictures started making sense to me and to my friends at first. And then I showed them to larger audience, and I got many praises. So I started to study art more deeply. I studied, started to study photography more deeply. And I guess I got lucky because we already been, at this point, we already been in U.S., so I have access to all this art in the Metropolitan Museum, to the Frick Collection. So I got even more exposed and looking at the beautiful things and not trying to recreate them, but seeing them in real life. And that was the most amusing part of me. And I was working on bringing my work, my art, my photography to the levels that I see at the museum to to show the same kind of beauty that Impressionist artists shows to, shown to us. And I took a lot of classes in um, New York, some B&H classes, smoke workshops, just to, con- to bring my knowledge and my um, expertise to the new level. And then and to be able to do to do more with the photography. Well, Zena, your art is very interesting. Uh, tell the audience and, and me how you 
get the inspiration for your art, how you go about deciding uh, what to take photographs of to get started? I draw inspiration from the nature. I basically, I look around and I see all those lines and colors. And I really want to bring to my friends and my viewers what I can see. Because for me, one of the discoveries was that not everyone seeing the same things, and I want to show what I see. So the major inspiration for me is the Mother Nature. And also this particular series, Frozen Spring, uh, that I introduced on your website, which actually won the award. It was born from out of the nature events that we had in uh, New York. Like several years ago, we had this huge Arctic... It, it was called the Arctic Vortex, but it was mm-hmm. we were having minus 9 Fahrenheit outside, mm. which extremely cold temperatures. And I was thinking on how to emphasize those, what I can do to bring those temperatures, to show those temperatures, to, the, to show this extremity into the life. And that was those temperatures, those nature events was inspiration for the whole series because that's how it started. It's basically I mm. have flowers at home. Let's see what it will do to the life flowers because it's extremely low, uh, low temperatures for us. So I put the flowers outside on the balcony and saw the results in about an hour and it amused me how beautiful it is. You know, this combination of fragile ice, almost transparent. And the flowers mm. are life under this ice. So it was experimentation and observation of what the nature does <laughs> to the nature, to us. Well, once you've taken uh, your photographs, then what's your uh, next step in your process? You know, it's... Um, my next step is obviously taking them to the Photoshop. I almost don't do... I don't do much in Photoshop to my photographs. Maybe adjust some contrast, some colors, some cropping occurs. But that's all I'm doing. I'm working uh, directly on ice. Because obviously I had to get the freezer. Obviously I had to study ice. To expand this project, I studied all different ice and you know, different water produce different kind of ice, different temperatures. And I introduced mm-hmm. dyes to make the, my works more car- colorful because colors bring the emotions on. So I introduced different dyes to the water. And everything that you see in my pictures, they were created in ice. The photography was the very last part of it, just to take the picture, clean it up, and print it. Oh, well. It's it's not a Photoshop work. <laughs> it's it's directly it's some of the images um, are directly from the camera uh, as it, as they were created. So just little cropping. Well, they certainly are beautiful images, and we'll we'll talk about that series uh, later in the show. Uh, what other type of photography do you do besides nature, or do you do any other photography besides nature? I I am experimenting with um, art portrait photography 
It's, right now it's more like experiment because I'm getting into it. I'm restoring myself. Um, but what I love, I'm creating the image in my head first. And then I have a very talented team of makeup artists and models. And we just recreate those portraits, those characters which are born in my head. So I have several... Uh, several um, series ongoing in works, but they still not completely disbound from the nature because one of my series is called uh, Water Dreams, where we have the be- I say beautiful girls, women swimming in water, giving their freedom and their hopes to the waves of the water. And that's mm-hmm. one of the series. And another series, I call it uh, Find Your Inner Animal. And we bring together animals and models and finding the connection between them and just showing inside the pair, like very unlikely matches between girl and a snake. Well, not very unlikely, <laughs> but the picture looks very strange. And I have the girl and a spider, and there's a few more of those coming up in the series later. I love to create fairy tales, like um, not what you commonly see, but what you can think of, what you can imagine, what can excite you. Well, is it safe to say that most of your photography, you try to concentrate on series, doing a series, and with a message uh, that that series is uh, sending out? Yes, I love to work. I love to have the project where I can create create and show at least three, five, better more, images in on one subject so I can connect them in one theme or one, one topic and show the complete whole. Well, and Zeno, you haven't really seen Said, I know you said you started late in life, but how many years have you been doing uh, your photographic art? I'm seriously working on it for the past probably 12 years. Actually, I'm seriously working on it since 2002 because that was the break year for me. I did my laser operation. I probably will sound silly. But I was um, I had a strong nearsightedness all my life, and mm-hmm. couldn't see much without my glasses. I had very thick glasses, and then at some point mm-hmm. I decided I can do LASIK, and overnight I could see. <laughs> and that was one thing. Over the new see, world. It was, you know, it is a different world because uh, first of all, if you nearsighted, everything is blurry. If you don't wear glasses or your glasses are not strong enough, everything is blurry. And when it's blurry, it's much more beautiful. Let's put it this way. <laughs> so when the world got sharp, it was like kind of, it's a different world. I couldn't recognize something I couldn't recognize. And then I had nearsightedness from my childhood. So hmm. some childhood customs, something that I, I used to, that this is far, I need to have some extra glass to see it, I need to bring it more close to my face, they disappeared. Mm-hmm. And also the digital uh, the digital photography, because when you have the nearsightedness and you don't know what you're doing and you have the manual camera and it's film, it's getting very expensive 
to experiment. Mm-hmm. So I got my very first, I think the moment the digital cameras come into the world, I got my first digital camera. I had this <laughs> one megapixel, I think it was Fuji, mm-hmm. one megapixel point and shoot, which I abused the any every moment I could. But I had such a great pictures back then because I didn't know anything, first of all. Mm-hmm. That was my trying. But even with this one megapixel, it was cheap to experiment. And then when I got into the photography, and once I got, I started seeing, I got into the digital photography. And Mm -hmm. then in 2000, I think it was 2004, when basically a few friends of mine were moving out of the city, and they just dumped their old studio equipment on me. Like, you like the photography? Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Why don't you use my background, my studio lights? And I was left with all this studio equipment, which cost insane money, without any knowledge how to use it. So I was very lucky it was the same time when B&H and Adorama offered classes on how to use equipment. Mm-hmm. So I was able to learn in those classes how to use equipment, come home and experiment, 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 because it was already, I already had everything to work with. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got into photography, because I started to show my work more, I started participating mm-hmm. in expositions, I got printed, and it's become a whole different story. Well, is there another artist or photographer whose work you admire and, and you try to follow? I, you know, there's lots of photographers that I admire, lots of, lots of, I don't know, I don't even know where to start. I think my main inspiration inspiration for um, shooting nature, I have mm-hmm. to cite George Lepp. He is a California-based photographer, nature photographer. And mm-hmm. I think my moment was getting into flowers photography and getting into nature photography when I seen his California puppies. That work mm-hmm. is... Um, most amazing. But also, I started, um, I had lots of, lots of, as a child, I had lots of uh, reproduction albums from different galleries, world galleries and museums at home, so I watched mm-hmm. a lot of art. But it was reproductions. And then later in life, um, I think end of 90s, I got into Paris and I went to Manet Museum. And I saw the originals for those water lilies, which you can you can see water mm-hmm. lilies everywhere. They put them now mm-hmm. on, uh, I don't know, bags, umbrellas, everywhere. But when I saw the original water lilies, I was stunned. <laughs> and, yeah, I literally sit, they had these benches in the middle of the hall, so I sit on this bench. And for 30 mm-hmm. minutes, I was just getting deeper and deeper into the water lilies. And I think this gave me the appreciation. I want to bring the same emotion that they steer, those two people steer for me in nature, mm-hmm. how they reproduce, how they represented nature. I want to, I am attempting to bring the same emotions in my photographs you know, in my art, so the people can see it and literally be in my pictures. That's what I'm trying to do. 
Well, Zena, I certainly think you have accomplished that because in looking at the photographs that you had submitted for the art competition, they definitely have an impressionism look to them. Thank you. I was trying to, I think I'm a big fan of impressionism. I do appreciate modern art and um, abstract and everything, but I do love the color colors of impressionism. I do like the softness and gentleness what they bring into the picture. So that was that is the main when I work with the colors. One of my goals to keep the tradi- tradition of impressionistic colors, maybe some Renaissance colors, to make it soft, fragile. I don't know if I can, if I attempted this, but that's definitely a goal. Well, Zena, I think this is a good spot to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we'll talk about some of the images from your Frozen Spring collection. Okay. And I want to let our listeners know that you can view and purchase Zena Zinchik's artwork by going to Contemporary Art Gallery online. Click on the Search Gallery tab, and then on the Artist tab, and then follow that to Zena Zinchik's name. Contemporary Art Gallery Online is the number one source for showcasing tomorrow's art giants. So if you're an artist seeking gallery representation, click on the Artist Member Corner tab and follow the prompts under the Member Application Process tab. And if you're a designer, an architect, or just a lover of great art who believes art can turn a house into a home, then come visit us and review some of the wonderful art created by some of the finest artisans from all around the world. You can search by style, medium, color, size, and by the individual artist. And again, to view Zena Zinchik's beautiful art, just click on the search gallery and then follow the prompts to Zena's name. Well, Zena, let's talk a little bit about the, the Frozen Spring collection earlier in the show. But if there's more detail you want to, as far as the process you went through in setting this up, do so. And then let's talk about the winning piece, which was entitled Springtime. The the process is what I'm doing now. I'm experimenting with different, the Frozen Spring Project, I'm experimenting with different types of water because different types of water, the pureness of the from the pureness of the water, it depends how ice, the shape of the ice that will be created, the shape of the bubbles, the shape of the crackles. The, the texture. So for this project, I'm experimenting with different type of waters and also with different type of dyes. I'm adding, in addition to the flowers, I'm adding some dyes into the water to add some colors, mm-hmm. to add some emotions, to add some additional texture. And I'm always trying to use the fresh flowers, so I've been on a quest to find something new, some additional new flower to photograph. I did lots of um, flower photography before. I had some single flowers, uh, dancing flowers, but this is completely new for me. And I've been working on this collection for past two years, and it got pretty large. This piece that won um, the award on your on your site, it's one of the first pieces. There is no dyes in it. It just um, 
was one of my first experiment with distilled water and mm-hmm. very high freezing temperatures. And I discovered that um, if I use distilled water, it creates lot, lots of additional bubbles. So it's like bubbles of air which rises to the top, and you can actually see them in the photography. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that creates the fragile feeling to the floor. It's as the fragile feeling to the picture in whole. And I particularly put those two flowers together. It's like the couple and everything, all those vertical lines, which lead you up along with the bubbles. Just to have the expression of lifting, of spring, when everything is open, everything is light, everything is coming up. <laughs> all the beauties <laughs> that nature can offer coming up for us to see. Mm-hmm. And so this is what this particular image is about. So I make sure I'm understanding this. So the the flowers and, and are in a boss filled with water, or ice and water. It's what it's first. It's water. I have some containers which I fill with uh, water. Again, different mm-hmm. temperature, different um, temperatures in the freezer. I fill the container with water, and then I put flowers in, arrange them, and put them in the freezer. And sometimes it depends on what I want to get, because sometimes I need to, I'm adding additional layers of water or additional layers of dyes, of colors, mm-hmm. or sometimes I just leave it untouched. And it takes approximately anywhere from 5 to 18 hours for the block of ice to freeze. Oh, well. So it's a long process. I can do... Mm-hmm. Usually it <laughs> takes me... It's safe to say it takes me one day to make mm-hmm. one block of ice. I mean, the complete day, because I have to check on it all the time, see the progress and everything. Well. Mm-hmm. And then I photograph. But the beauty of it is that... I know it's a little bit of cheat, but from one block mm-hmm. of ice, I can get few pictures because oh, wow. it's transparent. Once I rotate, mm-hmm. where I change the viewer viewing angle, I can see something completely different. And that's another thing which excites me in this particular project. While mm-hmm. I'm in control in what kind of um, water to use or what colors to put in or what flowers to arrange inside, Mm-hmm. I don't have control how they will appear in the ice because when the water is turning into ice, there is some movement happens. So I'm never sure what the final project will be, what the final product will be. It's mm-hmm. not the exact science that I can preview. I'm just getting the beautiful block of ice with the flowers inside, mm-hmm. and I look look for the picture there. And usually I find several. <laughs> well, they are very beautiful. Well, let's Thank talk you. about soft clouds because that's that has a lot of color, uh, one color in that that uh, photograph. Is I think this was this was a sweet pea, the flower, and it was very soft. It it is very soft and very gentle in nature. It's tra- it's almost transparent, even if they are dry. You see the petals as very transparent and soft. And once I put them in the water, I see the texture, but I didn't see the color. So I decided to oversaturate the water, which I rarely do, but in this particular case. 
and I oversaturated the water with orange dye. Mm-hmm. And then just put the top, once the water was frozen a little bit, I just put the flowers on top, added some more dyes and water to create the transparency level where we can see the flowers and the texture and the colors of the right. petals. So it's a little bit... The flower was not completely submerged into water. I had to leave a little bit on top so we can see it. Mm-hmm. It's always the science, you know. It's so much. It takes so much experimenting on what I want to do. Sometimes I'm getting mm-hmm. the piece of uh, I'm taking out the block of ice and the water turned out this way that I don't see the picture. So it's not always working out. It's trial. It's um, it's always a trial. Errors and trials. Well, and let's also talk about a couple. That's a very beautiful uh, photograph as well. They do like a couple, right? Mm-hmm. I just love them. And this particular image from the technical point of view, that particular image is interesting because I was able to unite two colors in the same water tank. Mm-hmm. So if you can see, the top is blue and the bottom is kind of yellowish-green. Mm-hmm. And they do mix because if you put two colors in the water, they, it's going to mix anyway. But I still have mm-hmm. the separation. This is more bluish, this is more yellowish. And that was, it's not a Photoshop, mm-hmm. it was created in the original ice block. So that was a particular challenge to me in this in this mm-hmm. case. But I also like how those flowers, those buttons, I think it's called Peruvian lilies. I, li- I like to learn the name of the flowers. Once I get to know the flowers and how they behave into wo- in the water, I like to remember mm-hmm. the name. So I think those were <laughs> Peruvian lilies. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're relatively small. So it's all macro work here. They're relatively small, and I just like how they look together. It's a couple. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's beautiful. They're beautiful. Yeah, I also noticed that, I and if you tell the audience you use, it looks like a, a special type of uh, print and paper for your, or at least for this uh, series you did. Uh, tell the audience about that and how that affects your, your photographs. Uh, yes, when I was trying, well, I think the creating the beautiful image on the computer and the photograph is just half of the work, then it's all mm-hmm. how we represent it. And I am printing at home, and I was trying to experiment uh, with different papers on how I want to preserve it. And as I told before, I love Impressionism, and I wanted to add this paint retouch to it. So I come across this Canson aquarelic uh, rock paper. It's paper textured as a watercolor paper. Canson mm-hmm. is a big maker. They're doing the watercolor paper for artists, watercolor artists. And they mm-hmm. recently introduced this aquarelic rock paper for for us digital photographers. Oh, so wow. once I printed, uh, once I printed on this aquarelic paper, it has a large texture into it. Mm. You basically, I had many people asking me, "Those are watercolors, right?" And I'm saying, "No, this is digital <laughs> photography. This is printed." And people have to look very close to it. And not everyone, not all pictures. On some pictures, when they are sharp, sharp enough, you can see that, yes, this is digital print, maybe. But mm-hmm. majority of the images, this 
paper adds uh, such softness to it, which only watercolor can. And just to continue with my message about this frozen spring, <laughs> I decided mm-hmm. to put the whole series on this watercolor paper. And I'm printing them at home, and I personally, I love it. Mm-hmm. No, it's 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 gorgeous, and you're right when you're you're looking at them closely. If you didn't know better, you would you certainly could. It'd be very easily to mistake it for being a, a watercolor painting, which is a you know wonderful testament to to the art you've created here. Thank you. I think it's in kind of, kind of watercolor painting because ice is water and I work with ice. It's just different <laughs> technique. <laughs> just a different technique. That's very good. Yes. <laughs> well, Zena, uh, you may have mentioned this, but how many total images are there in the Frozen Spring collection? Oh, I have plenty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think right now the collection running about. I think 70 images, because it's two years' work, and I try to Mm -hmm. do every image at least once every two, three days. I am working on it all all the time. Right now, I have them on display. 18 pieces of this collection is on display in New York, and um, I'm going to be on the Art Expo where I will bring a few of the pieces this year that I can show printed Mm -hmm. big and... It really makes a difference when you can see the work printed versus work on the digital screen. So printed, I mean, ready for exhibition. I already did 50 of them. That I, 50 works just in, the, in this collection, which I love and proud of, put it this way. <laughs> Much more images on the on my Facebook page, but here is 50 images that I'm proud of. Well, Zena, share with the audience, if you will, uh, how you go about um, marketing your art and, and and getting into having your art exhibited. Marketing, marketing is difficult nowadays. Um, <laughs> I'm yes, it's a whole different story in the whole different um, universe for me. I'm mostly market online. I'm trying to get exposed to as many galleries as I can, so I keep entering different contests. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's been successful, so I would say entering helps the awareness of the art of the series. But I also use uh, Facebook a lot and Twitter a lot and I have my work on Pinterest so just all modern <laughs> I would say modern <laughs> marketing outlets that's mm-hmm. the main issue I think it's very important to bring the art to the viewers and my goal is what I want to do I want to bring not only on the digital screen but I want to show my work um, in real world, in real world, printed mm-hmm. on paper or mm-hmm. on canvas. So I'm trying to participate in as many exhibitions as I can, and I this art expo next year in New York. I'm bringing my work there for the first time just to show. 
Well, that's good, and you're right, and that's what you just have to do. You just have to get out there and 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 get your work, you know, shown in many, you know, different type of venues as you possibly can. We just have to constantly sh- bring our work to the audience. The more people see it, the more word word of mouth it will get. So the best marketing principles right now is to show your work, to share your work. And I think this is one of the majors. The work has to be shareable and you have to... The people have must have the ability not just view your work, but share your work with their friends. And that's the best marketing which is which is right now. Well, that is great advice. And as we're getting closer to the show, do you have any other advice that you'd like to give to maybe a new artist just getting started? The advice, I would give the same advice I got when I just started. <laughs> just take a lot of pictures, work a lot. Not everything will be good or successful, but even on your mistakes, we learn. Even if we, even if we make mistakes, we learn how to improve, how to do it different. So lots of lots of work, and also look at other art. Look what people are doing. Go to the museums. See the peop- other people work. That will just expand your horizons and make you better artist. Don't be shy. Is <laughs> It's very important. I know that many people are very shy to show their work at all. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's right because the feedback is very important. Mm-hmm. The feedback, how you're doing, how you're producing is very important to the artist. Mm-hmm. So there is always some haters and always someone going to hate you and always someone going to love you. So just give them a chance to express their opinion. <laughs> 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 well, Zena, thank you for joining us today on An Artist Speaks. Thank you, Mike. I enjoyed our chat today, and I'm certainly looking forward to seeing more of your uh, wonderful fine art photography on the gallery. Thank you. I will try to upload more work and add the missing pieces from my collection to your gallery soon. Well, that would be wonderful. I also want to thank our listeners for being with us today. And again, to view Zena Zinchik's stunning art, listen to this interview, and of course purchase some of Zena Zinchik's art, visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online. I want to let all the artists listening in today know that Contemporary Art Gallery Online hosts the monthly art competition and exhibition. To enter your art, just click on the art competition tab and follow the prompts, and you can check out all of our upcoming competitions and exhibitions while you're there. And if you're an architect, interior designer, or just a lover of art who likes to have interesting and beautiful art adorning your walls, then visit us at Contemporary Art Gallery Online and view some of the most exciting original art that you just can't find anywhere else. And while visiting our gallery, we would love for you to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and our blog. So please sign up today so you can keep up with all that is happening at the gallery. And Artist Speaks airs every Saturday morning, so we'll meet again next week at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you again for listening today, and have a great rest of your weekend.